Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Welcome to Ask Margaret from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Solving the parenting question of the week so you don't have to. This week's question comes from Jillian. Jillian asks... What do you do when your two and a half year old absolutely refuses to put a lick of dinner in her mouth night after night? After I've offered multiple items, including a fruit and starch, she sometimes will eat. We've tried eating on the couch and TV, hoping the mindless eating scenario might happen since sitting at the table itself is impossible most nights. None of it has worked at my wit's end. Some sort of frustrated or surprised face emoji. I can't quite tell. Big kind of black eyes and a sad looking mouth. Jillian, I want you to get a book. I'm going to be very Amy right off the bat and recommend a book. I want you to get a book called Child of Mine, Feeding with Love and Good Sense, Revised and Updated Edition. I like this book a lot and it has a central tenant that I hold on to to this day and I think it's going to help you. Parent decides what to serve, child decides what to eat. And that's the whole equation, basically. And it, it gets much more detailed, obviously, about how to do this. But what I want to really encourage you, and I know it may sound difficult, what to do when your two and a half year old absolutely refuses to put a lick of dinner in her mouth, let her have no dinner. It's fine. She is probably not hungry for dinner. If you are offering her things that you know she has eaten before that she's fine with, she's probably not eating because she's not hungry. I am be careful now, not an expert and not a doctor. So if you think there is some underlying issue about why she's not eating, you should consult your pediatrician about that. But I think it's really important to reframe this. It is not your job to get bites of food into your child's mouth. Everyone has done it. I have fallen into that thing of like, I'm going to pry your jaw open and stick a spoon in your mouth. But that's when I realize like things have gone a little off script. I would suggest what you need to do is you need to decide what the dinner culture you want to be in your house is. For me, that is all of us sitting around as a family, my husband, when he can make it, his work schedule doesn't always allow it, and eating dinner together as a family. I say this for everything, for picky eating, for screens, for teenagers, for anything. Try to resist any urge to chase your children's behavior. So like my kid isn't eating in the table, I'll let her eat in front of the TV. My kid isn't doing what I want, I'll try to change the rules so that she 
you need to bring your kid to where you want to be, meaning you want a calm, nice dinner in the kitchen. And that is just comes through practice. So with my oldest kid, his problem was A, picky eating and B, like complete inability to sit still at all. And so if I had decided like whatever it is to feed him, our dinners would now be like me handing him four slices of pizza for him to like shove in his mouth as he ran around the backyard. That's not what I want our dinner times to look like. And so what I started doing is setting up a timer in the kitchen and starting to be really clear about our kitchen rules. And so one big rule at this age, it's a lot of things. When you have kids who aren't hungry and listen, a lot of two and a half year olds are still having a 4.30 snack. They're not that hungry at 6, 6.30 when they come to the table. So one thing they tend to do is throw food. So come to the table, sit down. If you throw food, the meal is over. It's fine to remind them. Remember, if we throw food, the meal is over. If they threw food again, they're done for the night. It is okay for them to go without dinner. A regularly developing kid is just testing control around food. And it's important that you decide what you want your kid's dinner time to look like and your family dinner time to look like and bring the kid into that participation. I know it sounds really tricky. There are a ton of books to help you with this. And so I won't try to run through every option, but I strongly urge you, stop going to the TV, stop going to another room, stop trying to find a place where he or she is happy eating and bring your child into the kitchen. They can choose to eat or not to eat. There's no more food after dinner and throwing food ends the meal. And they will catch on pretty quickly to the new reality. And like if they want to eat, they can eat at dinner time by following the rules. And if they don't want to eat, they're going to be okay. They're not going to starve by missing dinner a couple of nights. Jillian, I hope that helps. It's a frustrating time. I will tell you this whole thing gets a little bit better. I remember having some meals where I was like, I don't even want to have children anymore. This is so frustrating. And now with a 10, 8, and 7-year-old, by just kind of holding my ground, we have really nice family dinners every night. Everyone's kind of laughing and talking about their day, not complaining too much about the food, and it gets better. Guys, if you have questions for myself or Amy, shoot them to us on our Facebook page at What Fresh Hellcast or send them to questions at whatfreshhellpodcast.com and maybe Amy and I will answer one of your questions on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence 
Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.